Hello and welcome to the Disruptors podcast. Without a doubt, this is the most weird, bizarre, unorthodox interview we have ever done on the show. Today's interview is with the former eccentric super middleweight boxing champion of the world, Chris Eubank. Rob sits down to talk to Chris about his biggest life regrets and the tragic death of his son. This interview goes left field very quickly, and the only way I can summarize what this interview turns into is, well, an experience. I think Rob knew it was going to be a very different and special episode before we started rolling because he looked at me and he just said, memories, which is certainly the best way to summarize this interview. So let's just get straight into this unorthodox experience with the eccentric Chris Eubank. But remember this, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Are you misunderstood, Chris? I'm only misunderstood if you're hearing a story about me. If you're talking to me, there's nothing to misunderstand. And the general public, do you think they have a different story of you than who you really are? The public actually have an idea of who I really am because they are not the people who have been reporting on me. So what I meet in the street isn't anything like you've read about. Well, I'm talking about certainly during the years I was champion of the world. Five. Yeah, five years. Not like they do today. They fight twice a year. I was fighting five times a year, five world championship fights a year, culminating in eight, in which I lost two. Yeah. And no, actually, sorry. Two to Steve Collins, one to Joe Kawasaki. Yeah, yeah, please. Do you think then boxing's changed for the worse? if they're fighting less and you are fighting more? Yes, of course. Because, effectively, as is plain to see, fighters today are taught by PE teachers, not fighters. PE teachers get men fit. I always hear in the gym, you've got to get fit. No, you have to learn how to fight. And only boxers can teach that, not PE teachers. I love the PE teachers. They've trained my son but I knew what they were. My son couldn't, he just couldn't actually understand the brilliance of what he was hearing, but he understood the normal everyday PE teacher. I'm a warrior. I go to the core. I am Invictus. (sighs) Nothing crushes me, nothing. Doesn't even come close. And if it does, I rise again and again and again. And everything I say to you, don't take my word for it. If you should be looking at this broadcast, look it up on the internet. It's on YouTube. Everything. You can qualify. And why has it changed that PE teachers are training boxers now and it used to be warriors? Because warriors get hurt. Okay, and these really smart youngsters, they come in with holes in the back of their pockets. And they look around and they say, well, I can, I can teach them to do that and teach them how to do this. I can do that, looks easy. But I'll just concentrate on the fitness because I don't know so much about the boxing. That's a PE teacher, yeah. And someone like me sees very clearly who's training our fighters. 
and I am furious. You know why? Why? Because I'm not being entertained anymore, like Marvin Hagler. Because fighters like Marvin Hagler are not being produced anymore. Because we have PE teachers training us. Warriors need to train warriors. You have to feel it to know it. That's why I'm very happy to be talking to you, Robert. Yes. How do we change this then? How do we make boxing? It's been, it's been changed. You just changed it. Because you just asked me, how do you change it? So I'll tell you how. Just know that every fighter you speak to, he should be taking note of someone who's been in there and who has felt it. Not, not someone who has studied it. You have to feel it to know it. Because what I teach isn't about moves. My son constantly said, my dad is not the trainer. He's not with me 24 seven. You know, I've trainers, I want a trainer with me like Roy Jones, who's with me 24 seven. My dad's not that. He teaches you how to be a man. You can find that interview where he said he teaches you how to be a man because when you're a man, you're responsible. And when you're responsible, you can do anything. That's how I was trying to teach him. I was trying to fast track him to being the best because he's a magnificent fighter. But my son thinks he knows best. He told me he's boss. So, okay, carry on. I'm looking in front of me, not behind. If you can't catch up, sorry. I've got to leave you behind, especially when you won't come. How are you going to lead me across the road? I'm an adult. You're telling me to cross the road. You're telling me to cross a motorway. A motorway that's like the autobahn. It is dangerous. You're telling me you want to take my hand and we'll wait until it looks clear. And I'll lead you across the road, Dad. That's what he's telling me. Now I'm saying, no, son, look. You know, cars come along here like Bugattis. Yeah, Devo, Devo ones. They come along at 253 miles an hour. No, son, we can't cross the road this way. We have to walk down to the bridge. It'll take us a bit of time, but we have to walk down to the bridge and we have to cross that way. But he won't listen. Does that upset you? What do you think? Are you a dad? I'm a dad. So then would it upset you? Yes. So, so then don't ask me what you already know. You've already heard it. Well, I know from me, but I don't know from you. I just told you. That's why you just agreed with me. Mm. You, agreed with, he, you agreed with me before you knew you agreed with me. I did. Yes, you did. Mm. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Wonderful. Please. Uh, please. Yes. Is it not sometimes, as a dad speaking, because my son was one of the best golfers in the world, but at age six, so he peaked a bit early. And I found it was quite an intense relationship being with him all the time and taking him around the world and playing in world golf championships age six. And actually it was a better relationship as a father and son when I backed off from the golf. So is there a better relationship with you and your son not being so intense with the fighting? Or is that the opposite for you? When your dad left you to learn by yourself, you slowed down by 70%. Do 
You're useless without your dad. 70%, no, that's too much. Yeah, you slowed down. You weren't going anywhere. Your dad was your teacher and you didn't listen. And if your children don't listen to you, they will be like you. They will be low on the caliber of good golfers. You've got to listen to your dad. You have to. Otherwise, you're an idiot. Period. That's an American term for full stop. How do I know? 19-time world champion. 19 times. One is enough. 19 times. So when I speak, I speak it like it is. Not like, not like it should be. Like it is. This is the ultimate. There isn't any bigger than me. I'm the best. I'm simply the best. You've heard it for years. I didn't even give myself that name. It was the wife of Barry Hearn. She gave me that name. So this is what it sounds like. Now I've come back. And I'm so happy to be doing this in front of my, my student, Shah Wasmond. Yeah, she worked for me. Uh, I think it was 94 to 96. Is that about right? Yeah, that's right. And a good day's work today, Shah. <laughs> no. What she's getting right now is the respect that she deserves. I trained her. She's brilliant. I don't even know what she's done. I've heard through the grapevine that she may have done this and she, she became a success in that. I, I can't, once you're out of, once I've taught you, I don't look back. Get on with your life. What I've heard of her, and I haven't even confirmed this, I haven't seen her in, since 1995, 96, 97. I haven't seen her. I don't know what she's been doing, but I know she'll be the best. She'll be a superior uh, uh, queen in whatever she does, and she's already done it. Only many people may not have recognized it until they heard me tell you so. She's brilliant. She's beautiful. Yeah, like my wife, beautiful. And she's a superstar because I trained her. And that's what I do. And that's why they call me Marshall. And that's why, that's why they swore me in, in a court of law in the United States of America. That's why when you go on the internet, you'll find me with pictures of my troop, armed and dangerous, the Marshals. And they call me the unarmed arm of the law. I go into schools and I speak to youngsters about chivalry and I'm fierce, I'm obsessed. Not obsessed, that's too light. Psychotic when it comes to being a marshal and protecting those who need protecting from those who would take advantage of anyone. That's who you're talking to. <laughs> I'm the superstar. And I teach. So I'm not here, to, I'm not Sorry. here. Hold on. Mm. I'm not here to tell people, look at me. Look at, look at how much of a star I am. I don't wear bling. I wear my son's watch. My son Sebastian. It doesn't, it doesn't even work, but it works for me. And I have what, what made me. Ja. Rastafari. Maker, Jamaica. That's who I represent. We are pure, we are good. I spoke to uh, this uh, Piers Morgan. I 
told him we had a three-hour interview. Three hours. It was cut down to 37 minutes. So what's in that interview? What's on that cutting floor? Well, I'm telling you now. One of the things I told him, which you didn't see, is as follows. We came over here in the wind rush generation. We came here. The poverty in Jamaica is not even something you would, you can't even imagine the poverty. There was nothing. And then there was a call from the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth II. Come to our country, we'll give your children a better life. Yeah. How when old were you then? Uh, let me carry on. Sure, sorry. You'll know the age now. Yeah. I'll tell you. Please don't interrupt me. The things I speak about are very close and sensitive. So they're hard to actually keep a hold of if you're distracted. So please don't distract me. I can't teach you. I, can't, I cannot give you the best interview I can give you if you interrupt me. So where were we? You were telling me coming over from Jamaica to the UK and the That's Queen right. of England. Yes, right. Yeah. So our parents, so you imagine me as a little boy now, our parents, our parents knew nothing but poverty. Poverty, again, you can't imagine. So when this call came, this opportunity came for us, so my parents and my parents' parents, well, my parents, to come to Jamaica, sorry, to come to England, that was a dream come true for them. They were going to live in the nation where Twinkle Twinkle lives, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. This was, we came over in droves and I'm a child of that product. When my parents came here, I pointed out to Piers Morgan, I said to him, when my parents came here, what they didn't know is that Winston Churchill hadn't actually told the natives that we are a good people, kind people, decent people, smart, intelligent people, clean, right chess. We reach for right. He didn't tell your people that this is who we are. And these are the people coming here to help us, to help us build our nation again from the Second World War, because London was decimated. We built this country. Let me rephrase that. I built this country. Yes, we built my parents, who is I, built this country. And our mothers, what our mothers did, our mothers comforted this country because our mothers are mothers. They are women. They are queens. They are queen mothers. And they make, me, they make people like me, they call me king. They make kings. And what we do and what I've done because I love, love my queen, Elizabeth II, love her with this type of intensity. I love her. She was my beacon because she, she is the one my parents told me to look up to. You have to mirror what she would appreciate in you. And she did.
she appreciated it. Yeah. Because, you know, I grew up and I had my career. And as much as they said about me in the negative, as much as they said the lies, they called me a cheat, a fake, a liar. They called me a pretender. They even called me the great pretender. They never gave me my plaudits, but I don't need it because I have it. And you're listening to it now. And this is the way it sounds. And I'm not angry. I'm grateful for how hard you made it for me. It's been a brilliant game, but I conquered it. I got to the end and it's beautiful because I love everybody now, because everybody helped me. Especially the queens like Shah Wasmond. They were all helping me. They all think, they all think that I helped them. No, they helped me. And every time I help them, I'm gonna get back. How many times do you think the appreciation I'm gonna get back from Shah? I haven't seen her in all these years. I'm excited. I can hardly, yeah, I've got my hands are tingling. The excitement, because I have her in the room with me and I haven't seen her since I trained her. This is the life I'm living, not in the past, not in what people said, but in where I've arrived at too. And it's the present. And this is the way it sounds. Because it's the present. Please. So why does your son not want you to train him? Less said, easier to mend. For now. In other words, no comment. In other words, let's move on. Is there a public persona or character of Chris Eubank, maybe one that you portray or that's perceived, that's different from Chris that maybe his friends and family and loved ones know? Right, so you are now my loved one because you sat down in a room with me. You love me because I love you. I've reflected that. So you've got no choice, even if you hated me before. I never hated you before and I love you even more now. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow, he's on, that's so beautiful. You see how blessed we are to be kings because that's how a king thinks. That's how a king thinks. So I'm very happy to meet you because I hadn't met you before, but I've met you now. Send your mother my best because she's made you the king that you are, period. It's an American term for full stop. You talked earlier about being a man. What is a man? A man is not a man until he does everything with righteousness at its core, at the top and the bottom. Just do things right. Just follow the rules and be kind. Just give a little. And giving a little has nothing to do with money. You give a little of your time, your care, because it's the thought that counts. As soon as you think it, it's propelling into motion, manifesting itself. And when you give to others, you're not giving them anything. You're giving yourself. So whatever you wish them, you're having. All you're gonna do really is teach them how to behave. They have to do it. They are the ones who have to give a little. They are the ones who have to be kind. 
Ja. Was there anything happening in your life growing up, Chris, that maybe left you scarred or maybe was a part of why you became a fighter and a warrior? My brother was scarred. That's why I became a fighter. I had to learn how to fight. He taught me. He taught me to be a warrior. So cutting a long story short, are you willing to give your life? Yes? Okay, then you can, you can travel this road. That's what it takes to be a fighter. Are you willing to give your life? You don't need to hear any more lessons now. Not in what it takes to be a good fighter. Are you willing to give your life? Because to save your life, you have to learn how to not give your life in the situation. In my situation, it was boxing and life, people. I don't deal in lies. I don't hate. I'm If by Rudyard Kipling. I don't have to recite it. I have already recited it. It's out there. It's on the internet, the IOT, the internet of things. It's never going to disappear. And it's always going to be the best. It's always going to make whoever reads it and commits it to memory and embodies it. It'll, it'll always make them a champion. What they have to do is stop listening to the toddlers who think they know it all. You know, about success, you cannot find anyone higher than me. I am the king. I give the generals orders to which they are grateful for. <laughs> yeah. And what makes you the king? In your eyes, what makes me the king is beating Nigel Benn. In actual fact, what confirmed that was Michael Watson. In that fight where he battered me for 11 rounds and I nearly died that night. But no one's gonna hear about my story because he had six brain operations that night. So no one was gonna worry about me. So I've never brought it up. I was close to death. The man beat me almost to death and you watched it and still you can't see because I masked it, masked. Why? Because I'm a warrior, don't complain. If you're gonna complain, you can't be in here. I gave my word, I'm willing to give my life. Well, well, now I'm having it taken away from me. And this is it. And that was the feeling from the sixth round. Wow. He battered me for another five. <sighs> Certainly another four. But I had given my word to myself. I'm willing to die. And he almost killed me. But you know what? Someone kissed me on my forehead at about four o'clock in the morning. And in fact, I heard another story that it was maybe five o'clock in the morning. And it was my brother, Peter. I thought it was a friend of mine called Derek Campbell. Oh, it was Peter, my brother, who's always despised me. But he didn't really despise me. He just acted that way. He loved me, which is why he kissed me on the forehead. It was him. I had achieved my objective after the Watson 2 fight, not Ben 1, to get his love. But his love is fleeting. The smallest things that happen, it blows us up again because he's a brother who just keeps on running away.
but I love him so much, I keep on chasing him. And I will chase him to the ends of the earth. The harder he has been towards me, is the better he made me, because that's the more I loved him. Yes, yes. So was that a motivation to fight? You think? Of course. Fighting for the love of your brother, to get their respect. You'd think you were born with that right for your brother to respect and love you. <laughs> I wasn't so lucky. Yeah, I had to earn it. I don't know about being given this, uh, what's it called, uh, instant gratification. I don't know about that. I know about hard work, choosing what I love and pursuing it, irrespective of the consequences. And when the consequences arise, yes, you become Invictus. Yeah, that spirit. <laughs> Invictus says as follows, this is who I am. <clears throat> Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank my God for my unconquerable soul. Unconquerable. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced, nor cried aloud, under the bludgeonings of chance. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody, may be bloody, but it is unbowed. I don't bow. I'm king. <sighs> I'm king. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. For you see, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul, me. And when I speak, you are speaking to me because that's you. I'm just here to show you how. And that's the intensity of me. That's why I'm intense. As marshal, to teach, to be the unarmed force of the law, speaking to schools, children, school children. I've had them, six-year-olds understand me. You wouldn't believe it. Six-year-olds understand me. They tell me, they have told me, I want to be you. No, sorry, strike that, that's not right. He said to me, I'm going to be you. I know who you are. They can see who I am. The choirs, the children in the choirs, they know who I am. I'm Thunderdome. Yeah, Tina Turner sang it. Don't worry about the beautiful, simply the best. I'm Thunderdome. I'm king. I know I'm king. I think like a king. I dress like a king. I stand like a king. I wobble like a king. I dance like a madman, which is the king. <sighs> I even have my rod, which holds which holds my... I have my scarf which holds my rod. But my rod is my intelligence. My intelligence is my love. My love is what is dangerous, not the rod. The rod is just to help me because I'm beautifully suffering the effects of running on concrete when I made a decision to box, which was that Late 16, yeah, and when I made that decision, 
I didn't have training clothes. I didn't have tracksuit bottoms or running shoes. When I made the decision to become a warrior, a warrior is a person who will die to learn everything he has to learn to be the king. I started. So I started running in shoes. I had Italian shoes that I had bought from stolen money from my shoplifting in London. I started running in shoes, Italian shoes, corduroy trousers, blue, and shirts. It was only a few days before I got uh, some training clothes from where I got them, from wherever I got them, because I had nothing, and nothing was my strength. Nothing was my strength. Poverty was my strength. My weakness was my strength. That's why I'm king. That's why I'm a champion. That's why I'm elite. That's why nothing and no one has nothing on me. Not when, when it, not, not when it comes to not when it comes to achieving your objective. I train while I'm eating. I train when I'm driving. I'm constantly bettering myself as a man. Which is exactly what I wanted my son to be. Just be a man. A man is responsible. He's kind, he's gentle. But in his pursuit of happiness, he is fierce. My son only has the fierce. He doesn't have the champion. I'm the champion. I'm the daddy. I'm the demi. Yeah. Will your son ever be champion? As long as he thinks it's about the belts he has around his weights, no, he'll never be a champion. It's only about how people feel about you. Are you loved? Muhammad Ali loved. Jack Johnson <laughs> loved. Joe Louis loved. Standard bearers. That's who I am. I'm the last in the line of the greats. I am GOAT. Oh, just in case you don't know the acronym, greatest of all time, period. I cannot be challenged. No one would have, no one would have the gall, the brazenness to sit in a room with me and speak to me about boxing. I'm the king. Is to be loved to be the best fighter, the best entertainer, the best man in the ring or something else? It's to, it's to be the person who lives with truth and applies truth to all he does. I apply truth to boxing. Truth is love, not hate. Nigel Benn said, you can watch the interview now. He'll never live it down because the IOT stays forever. He said, I hate him. Love is what I am. This is how I sound. May have sounded a little bit different then, but it was a man in love with being a warrior, talking to, talking to, less said, easier to mend. Please. Is how you fight as important as whether you win or lose? Whether you win or lose, these are imposters. 
Don't take any notice of the imposter's victory and defeat. Sure, you have to win in order to get the attention of the people. But when you lose, if you're a good champion, you stay a long time. And then they see how you lose. We're in an interview here. Let's blow it up a bit. Floyd Mayweather Jr. He says he's the best ever. Has anyone accounted for this observation? I've never seen him lose. You only know a man in how he accepts defeat. So I can't score him. But certainly, the fact that my own child chose him to be a role model over me, the dad, the gentleman. Yeah, he's a playboy. Because that's what he represents. He has clubs, or he had clubs. And he shows bling. Oh, this is how I'm living. I wear a dress. And for a bit of humor, I wear a bear. Who was, uh, there was a bear impersonating me about uh, two years ago on the internet. Walking down the street saying, good morning, how do you do? Delighted, delighted. Taking the mickey out of me. Yeah, you'll find it on the internet. Your viewers will find it. Yeah, I went and I found it. I was away for, I was away for about a year. Yeah, I found that bear. I found him and I slit its throat. Do you understand? And I skinned him. And of his guts, I made, uh, you know, the brisket? Bear brisket, yes, of which I carry in my bag. Yes. And I eat him because he's savory, he's delicious, he's beautiful. Now he's beautiful, but when he was mocking me, before he had his throat cut, and before I started wearing him proudly and doused him in my mother's smell, light blue, the best perfume on earth. Right now, let me come another one. Yeah. So this is what I wear. And sometimes I drag him across the floor at these speaking engagements I do. These speaking engagements which are going around the world. They finish in the UK at the end of December. Maybe even at the beginning of December it may start to where my gumball rally, which is the U-ball rally, starts going around the world. For now, we are effectively going on a route which is effectively around England. Starts on Thursday, Maidstone. You can get the details of where these speaking engagements are going to be. With Nigel Benn, of course. He won't be doing much speaking, by the way, but that's another story. What I have to say to you is as follows. Well, what follows me in my coach is black. It's the biggest black coach you've ever seen. It mirrors a king's coach. Behind me are my cars. One, one, one KO, which is a phantom drophead. It's black. I have my security following me in that car. And when my children, yes, Samson, and Darcy, when they want to actually get in the car and drive behind, because it's our road trip, that's why my family's with me, then they can. Well, they can come into the coach and sleep or eat on the coach because we have everything.
we're having the time of our lives. Yeah. And what we'd like is for everyone to come and enjoy. All my friends with their supercars because the supercars are already behind me. I have Devo 1 behind the Rolls Royces. And the multitude of cars, supercars, are going to be... Well, it's going to make the Gumball Rally look like... Uh, it's going to make them look small. Not that they are small, they're big. It's only now I've arrived. And this is my U-Ball Rally. And whoever wants to follow in their supercars, I don't charge money. You know, Gumball Rally, my friend Max Cooper, he started it. We were pioneers of it. I say we, you'll hear about that another time. Okay, but he showed me how, and it was beautiful. All my friends in supercars, because now they're in the 50s. They were in the 20s back then. They couldn't afford supercars, but now they can. They're superstars and they're with me. And they're my troop and they're listening to me on every part of this tour. The tour, as I say, ends in the UK at the end of the tour schedule. Then it starts again. So the first place we're going to is Jamaica. Okay, all the cars are transported to Jamaica. However you may think that the look, it's what we're doing. It's already done. It's already set up. It's already planned. After Jamaica, we may stay there no more than three days in Jamaica. From Jamaica, we go to Cuba. The same, we'll do the same in Cuba. From Cuba, from Cuba we go to Rio de Janeiro. Yes, Rio de Janeiro, where the Rasta man stands upon a mount. Yes, we go there. And then we go to New York City. Remember, we're staying in each location three days. All my superstars are coming. And they have no choice because I've never invited them to anything before. So it would be rude if they didn't come to the greatest show on earth. Yes, from Rio de Janeiro, we go to New York, from New York to London. And from London, I go to my resting place, my home, Africa, and I don't come back. This is my last here. I've done a wonderful thing for this country. You may not realize, but as I was talking to you about earlier on, the Queen, yes, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, my Queen. Yes, the Queen I looked up to, the mother I looked up to, because my mother, she left. She had to leave, she couldn't deal with the pressure. So it was just my dad. So the only woman I had to look up to was the queen, twinkle, twinkle. So all I did was pretend I was Prince Philip. I would have to act like Prince Philip. Now, I didn't see much of Prince Philip, but I always saw the queen and she was always, she was always the king. She wasn't a queen, she was a king. She was my king, which is why I call my wife now. I say to people, when she's in my company, in a room, they ask me a question, I say, ask my king. My queen is my king. That's why I'm a king. I keep, my, I keep my mouth quiet when my wife is around because my wife will turn me into a king. Because in my wife is also a mother. That's why I'm now king. It took me some years to recognize it. I thought it was the belt. 
nothing to do with the belt. It's about being a gentleman. It's as simple as that. Just be a gentleman. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find, and knock, and the door will be answered. So that's dealing with yourself. That's not using anyone outside of you. Sure, you have to finagle, use your phone and get things in order. But don't ask people, you work it out. You use your own brains. And you'll be the king in no time. The king that your mother knows you to be. In fact, you already are. What am I talking about? You're interviewing me. One king to another. Yes. I said it, because it's true. <laughs> Will your son ever be able to come out of your shadow and where do you think he ranks in his current fighting abilities right okay so only when you step out of, uh, only when you step out of your father's shadow do you start decreasing you can't increase without your father especially when he has lived it you can't do it a different way never try to reinvent the wheel and i am the wheel does that explain it for you? Yes, it does, yes. doesn't it? Yes. I'm the wheel. Mm. No one did it better than me. I challenge anyone. So the only, you, the only person uh, I wouldn't challenge is Mike Tyson. Because he's a great. And he can explain it. The art. He's brilliant. He's me. He's Jack Johnson. He's Muhammad Ali. He is my king. <laughs> mm. Yes. So news has just broken um, today, Chris, that um, Conor Ben has voluntarily relinquished his boxing license. That's just happened. What are your thoughts on that? Less said, easier to mend. I've, I only know him to be a righteous young man. So whatever mess is around him, I don't know. I don't know anyone around him. I just know him when I've spoken to him and given him the compliments I've given him for the outstanding young warrior that he appears to be to me and I'm never wrong, ever. Not with these perceptions. When it comes to a fighter, I know them when I see them because I am one. That's why he'll be vindicated at some point. However queer the explanation. But it won't be one that you won't believe. You'll believe it because it'll make sense. But we'll find out. Eddie Hearn said, there's no way. I don't want to talk about that subject. Move on. Okay. Do you think that Nigel, um, the fact that Connor is currently under scrutiny, shall we say, um, do you think that he may have learn those traits from his dad? I can't think for the dad, so I can't give you my viewpoint of what the dad would say. If I did that, that would make me, that would make me wrong. So don't ask me such questions. You must know Nigel very well in the ring. Yes, I do. He is inexplicable, the power he has. It's a force like a, a locomotive. He's fierce. 
And when it hits you, it is an explosion, literally. That's how it felt, an explosion. And if you didn't have the constitution, if you didn't have the kahunas, if you didn't have it in you, what it takes. If you're really tough, it can cost you only for a split second, half a second. Here comes the problem. Within that half a second, there's another two shots coming. If you can't hold it, you're gone. He punches with dynamite, period. How does Connor come, come back from this? You've had some challenges I I, in your I, career. I, 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 I don't know. No, no, I do know, but I can't tell you. Because telling you is just uh, No, that's not my, I don't know. How do I think he's gonna come back? Mm. I don't know, but I know he's coming back. Right. He's coming back soon. And when he does come back, he's fighting the golden boy. Yeah. And that is? I can't tell you, it's a secret. Wait until you find out. Yeah, it's a trail, find it, find out who it is. He's a superstar. Yeah, he's my superstar. And he'll beat him. He'll beat Conor Ben. They are the same weight. That's his competition. So whenever that fight comes about, it's a fight I will pay interest in, meaning I will watch it because I don't watch boxing. Because nothing is produced anymore that I can watch without criticizing. I can't, I can't be criticizing. If I criticize, it comes back on me. And there's nothing, there's nothing after Floyd Mayweather Jr. doesn't, doesn't there's very little. That it, there's no, it's Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I will accept that. You're, you're the greatest ever. In terms of the art and the majesty of his skill set, that brain he has, he's like nothing that's ever been seen. I would have hoped my son would have been able to actually do something, stand up to his mark. He could have, but he didn't listen. He stopped listening. Because Junior has speed. When you've got speed, you've got everything. It's not even fair to be fighting a man of the same weight in any caliber who's going to be a tactician. When you've got speed for everything he calculates, you've hit him four or five times already. It's impossible to beat them. How do I know Joe Kawasaki? For every one I was throwing, I was getting hit with five, and then I had to take a beating for the next 10 rounds, knowing I'd still be there, hoping that he wouldn't because I'm the king. And he dealt with me as he should. He wobbled the last two seconds, he wobbled. Another minute, my course would have been different, but it would have been the same because I would have won and lost with the same humility. Imposters are victory and defeat. Who are you as a man? That's why the queen put me on the, that's why the queen put me on the top of the bus. You do know that, don't you? That's right. For those who don't know that, if you put in Chris Eubank, Jubilee pageant, so this is the last one for the last 40 years, 40 or 50 years, every 10 years, Cliff Richard, my friend, is at the front, front and center. This last Jubilee, look at it. Chris Eubank, Jubilee pageant. I'm in the center of that bus. Yeah, with Sir Cliff Richard on my left. 
and the brilliant Catherine Jenkins on my right. I'm at the front, I'm at the apex, I am the king. I'm the silent king, if you want. I don't mind being silent because I work better in silence. But when I arrive, you treat me as I expect and keep me in the lifestyle to which I am accustomed. Yes, if you don't, I will. And even if it's, even if it's a riggedy old van, it's good enough for me because it's not the car. It's not the airplanes I have. It's not anything of that. It's not wealth. It's love. And it's the appreciation of, it's the appreciation of the people when they meet you, which the media don't see. But that's about to change because I have Darcy with me. Yeah, she's my Abby. Look up the movie. It's called Paper Moon. She's my Abby in Paper Moon. Yeah, she's called Darcy. Yeah. And I have Samson behind her. Yeah, that's the brother. He's my strength. I'm going to teach them to be like me, warriors, superstars. And they're going to learn in no time. I only started yesterday. And it's brilliant. I love it. They're on a road trip with me. These are my children. Yeah, take a look. They're standing here. Take, take a look, please. Hey. <laughs> yeah, but show them because their complexion is what gives you the idea. We are a spirit of brotherhood and love. We're like the gorillas. Do you understand? And I'm a silverback. We love, we look after our families. We don't fight. If we do fight, we fight because it's right. We fight because it's because we have to, perhaps. But otherwise, we're just the kings. We sit back and we let sheep push us around because we're peaceful. But I'm here to change the game. I'm here to build warriors, not parasites, who don't know what to do with themselves, but be menaces to society. That is a disease and I'm the cure. And when they talk to me, they will be cured because I'm great, period. Obviously, I'm talking about motivation. There is no one like me, no one. And if you think there is, try and put me in a room with them. See whether they would come into a room with me. I will be gentle because I'm loving because I'm the king. I mean, you know, for a challenge, not to say that I challenge myself because I don't, but let's take Tyson Fury, for instance. How lovely would it be if we were actually just sitting down here discussing boxing? Nothing else. Because he's supposed to be the king of the gypsies, yeah? But I'm the king. There's no name behind me. I'm just king. You find out my name afterwards. King is all you have to know. So for a bit of fun, why don't you organize an interview for us to sit down in a room together? Like face off. Hold uh, on, hold on, hold on. I accept. Oh, you accept? Mm. You have to do the work. You get him to a room to sit down with me to talk about boxing because he's the king of the gypsies. And I'm king. And I say, I'd love to talk to my Comrade in arms, I'd love to talk to my, my student. Let's get it straight from now so you know who you're talking to. 
so you know who you're talking to. I will be gentle with you, but you must let me be gentle and teach you how to produce great fighters, fighters I can watch. I've been to some of your matches because I was actually on tour with my son in America when he was with Al Heyman. I came to some of these fights. You with this, uh, this uh, what's his name? Uh, Wilder, wild, he's wild. He himself said, I only need two seconds. In a 12 round fight, I only need two seconds to win. So it means you can actually waddle around like a toddler throwing these windmills. It means you can actually do that and expect me to just be happy when you knock him out with one of your windmills, which is coming from nowhere. No thought behind it. I deplore such behavior in my warriors. That's why I build champions, because I'm aware. Yeah, and when that goes out, yeah, there's going to be a flood of people coming back to you with a response. I had to be good. I had to look good. It wasn't just about fighting a man, it was about showing the art, the craft of what it means to be a warrior. And in this day and age, the way in which we are the gladiators is boxing. They've brought in this MMA and I respect them, but boxing is who developed. Jack Johnson. Yes, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson, Muhammad Ali, Joe Louis, Mike Tyson, me. Whatever I was saying, if someone wants to challenge me, don't challenge me, work with me. Let me help you, let me educate you. I'm a master at this. I am the master, the. When it comes to the boxing and the perceptions of boxers. So, right, I was talking about um, Floyd Mayweather. No one, bril he is the Kasparov of boxing. Kasparov, uh, uh, Kasparov is the chess player of the world, as I, as I knew it some years back. It may have changed now. There may be another champion. But he is the Kasparov of boxing. He's the best. I love him. As a boxer, as a man, he is behind. And he's holding my children back by giving, by giving them the wrong perception of what you should be aiming for with your success. It isn't girls. Girls are my princesses. They are my princesses. They should not be corrupted with clubs and bling and shaking. Cloaks of dignity is what they should wear or dance in a dignified way. But, you know, how wonderful it would be to just be in this suit of armor. It's called the Cloak of Dignity. It's black. My son is a Muslim. That means I'm a Muslim, even though Christ is who I know. Yeah, that's who we were, we were taught to go to Sunday school. So now I wear this. My son Sebastian died. Yes, he died. 7th of July, yeah, last year. Yes, it hurt, okay, so, so I, I'm, I'm showing you how rich I am. I live in him. He's also my night clothes. I wear, I wear him at night. Yes, I wear him to sleep at night. I, I wear, I, I'm inside him. That's how I work. That's my family.
I am fierce when it comes to looking after the woman because that's what makes me the king that I am. So hear it and hear it clearly. And my art is war, but the war in the boxing ring, the fair war, the real war, the war which is just. Yeah, where it's fair. We don't know how to cheat. I looked at Connor. That's why I said he'll be vindicated. He doesn't know how to cheat because it's not in him. That's why I said, at, at best, at best, how could you not say if, if the fighter fails a drug test, he's the only one who's going to the, the gallows? His team have to be with him. It is shameful that no one has said that. Shameful. It is deplorable. It is disgusting. I don't like that word. It's too horrible a word. I want a word that supersedes that word, but is more pleasant. It is abominable. <laughs> How does someone who is a warrior and a king like yourself come to terms with losing your son? I'm going to answer. I have no idea how, but it's going to be good. Sorry, it's going to be great. It will be fascinating. Yeah. The question again, please. How does someone, as a warrior and a king, come to terms with losing their son? There are many levels I can speak to you on. I'll just speak to you on the one which is most understandable. Sebastian was my teacher. So he was close to that six-year-old who told me in South Africa, I know who you are. He was more him. So when I look back now, he was trying to teach me. And his name, Sebastian, is Sabali. And Sabali means patience. Yeah, he listened to Damien Marley. Patience. Patience is what my son taught me. Every time he was saying, so now he does it. Now, he, now I sometimes I'm like, thanks, son. Just, just give him back what you gave me, Dad. Because he's like, yeah, I know I was wrong about certain things now. So he gives me presents. And the presents he gives me are as powerful as the one that we're having because this is all because of him. He's me, like my children is me. This is love. This is the vibration of love. This is what it sounds like. It's really cool, man. What do you think you could teach Tyson Fury? You'll see, put it together. We've had that conversation. Let's move on, please. Trash talk in boxing. Uh, yes. Is this the theater? Okay. Just or is this real? Tra trash, trash talk. I am a man of considerable wealth, so much so that it is, it would be ill-advised to tell you how wealthy I am. I look at these youngsters and I'm 56 years old and the companies I own are colossal, the many companies that I own. How can I give them money? How can I say represent my product if they're using bad language? 
they're doing the very thing that their parents told them not to do. So immediately on their language, you lost a job. I don't even want to hear what you got to say. Because they don't use bad language in my, in my presence. I'm the one who uses bad language when it's appropriate. Depends on who I'm talking to. You're my friend. Yeah, you are not in the services of looking after the nation. You are a reporter, okay? But the guys who are in the ambulance service, the fire service, the police service, the care service, the NHS, yeah, the NHS. I am part of that. They are my subjects. When I say that, I mean, that's what I've been charged to do in the United States. It's to look after youth. It's to talk to people and show them the way. You put a picture up on the site afterwards, me with my, uh, my troop, because they're armed and dangerous, with machine guns. I am the unarmed arm of the law. I wear uh, I wear a, like a jacket, a green jacket, yeah? It holds all my materials. And there's another one I have, which is the bulletproof one, which if you go online, you'll see. I've been on raids. To tell you how serious I take my job, I've been on raids. This is not my job, my job is to stay in the schools. I've been on raids where we pray. You know, at 5.45 in the morning, we pray. And they're saying a prayer to be protected from what we're going to look into. Because it's bullets there. One of the three most crime-ridden places in the United States of America is called Appaloosis. So I'm not just in on the top level doing the celebrity thing, I'm in the dirt. But the dirt is me, that's where I come from. And I'm there to actually clean everything up. And I thank you for your service because you're helping me do that. I'm a marshal 24 hours a day. I'm fierce. <sighs> Chris, you talked about MMA earlier. What do you think of this? No comment. Move on. I don't know anything about MMA, so I can't give account to it because I know nothing other than the fact that there was a Russian man who beat someone who I believed had the real spirit in him, but it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't real. So you and interrupted this, and, me and there. This man, and, this man, and this man is a Russian, what's his name? Who's the most famous Russian MMA uh, artist? Who? Habib, Habib, Habibi. Let me say it again, Habibi. Never talk about me interrupting you. When I get up and leave, you'll be happy with what you get. When I interrupt you, it's for your own good. Okay, all right, so move on. So, to finish the question. Please. And I say please, yes. Thank you. Um, what do you think of this proliferation of YouTube boxers? No Jake comment. Paul, KSI. No, no, comment. no comment. Coming in and challenging all the 
no, mainstream no, no, boxes. No comment. That's that's the way. That's the way society has given them. They've given people a way to come in and make money. So that's what people do. Mm. So no more to be said. Move on, please. I, I mean, I mean. Listen, I'm loving this interview. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're a superstar. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. How much longer do we have? Um, we have. How many more questions? We have about five normal length questions. Then we have a quick fire round. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Let's fire away. Mm. So, you referenced earlier that boxing has changed, and it's not like it was. And this, there's a disruption to boxing where there's MMA coming in, and there's some cross in the sport with, say, Conor McGregor fighting Floyd, even though it's an exhibition match. And are these YouTubers challenging real boxers? So boxing is really changing. Open a question, what are your thoughts on where boxing will go based on all these changes? I'm here now. I'm talking to you. So it's going to go in the other direction, literally. Yeah. Check where we are in 11 days. I've told you today, check where we are in 11 days. Because as soon as you put this out, the standards begin to change because I'm shining a light on them. And all of those who shouldn't be in the positions that they're in are going to leave on their own accord. I'm here. I'm the marshal. I'm not here to frighten anybody. Just to show everyone how it goes. In boxing. Yeah. What's your biggest fight outside of the ring? I'm enjoying it now. Every moment of my day is my fight, and I fight it beautifully. It's great. It's wonderful. What's the best way to fight outside of the ring? You follow me. There are videos on YouTube from 1989. Everything that I've done has been an example. When it comes to being tricked by what society teaches you to look forward to, which is girls, I got tricked. I made my mistakes. But let me tell you this, my mistakes is what's given me my glory. Because my glory is the wife I now have. <coughs> Sorry. No, I'll bless me. Thank you very much. No, I very did good. say I wouldn't interrupt okay. again. Okay. No, I just no, did. no, you didn't interrupt at all. You just gave me a blessing. You just told me that, yes, you're blessed. Thank you. Yeah, because that's what I've said to you is absolutely right. It's absolutely right. It's absolutely on point. Yeah, this interview is going to make you a superstar. Congratulations. Thank you for your service. I really do thank you. I mean, and we still have more to go, so let's carry on. Did boxing in some way save your life, Chris? Yes, it's given me life because I had to put my life on the line. I had to be willing to give my life to actually get it. So, you know, and some of the old, some of the elders talk about that. That to give, to, to, to win your life, you have to give it up. And I was willing to give it up from the first time I actually said to myself, right, I'm going to box. I'm willing to die. So all I had to do was be clever enough how not to die, but by doing it. So I had to use my brains. And that's what I did. And that's how you do it. And I'm going to teach you. I already have and you're going to teach everybody else. And everybody I speak to around the world, on my tour, 
they're going to go with this. They're going to go away with the same feeling that you're having now. One of complete peace and fulfillment. This is what it feels like to be around me or to be around success. Success isn't money. Success is content. The content that you're looking at or watching. Sorry, looking at or listening to. There is no better content than this. It's the best. It's beautiful. That's why you asked me to come. That's why you paid me to come. And I was happy to oblige. Thank you. And I thank you again. And I thank you again for the money. You're very kind. It's my pleasure. Every, everyone keeps on giving me cash. It's, it's ridiculous. But it's lovely. It's, I love that type of ridiculous. <laughs> so do I. Yes, that's right. Good for you. Mm. That's right. Chris, this is an unexpected pleasure to talk about this. It's not on my list of questions. It seemed there you came across like you love money and you're grateful for the money exchange. I feel like maybe in our society, often there's a very difficult relationship with money. It's not okay to love money. Have you got any thoughts on that? So because I showed you how stacked my saddlebag is, because I, sh because I showed you how stacked it is, you think I love money? I'm asking you. Why I'm would not you judging. Ask, why would you ask me that when I've been talking to you for the last 35 minutes? You've heard nothing but love. I'm just telling you how I roll. Money is how I roll. But you've been talking to who I am. Don't confuse money with me. Money is my bitch. I love people, not money. I respect her because she, she is powerful. But I control her. Yeah. Money is not a him, it's a her. You've got to be very careful with her. Very, very careful. She's shameful and she's magnificent. Money, she is shameful. But she is magnificent. The gun you hold, if I hold a gun in my hand, the gun can never go off. Because I have to pull the trigger. It is impossible for me to pull the trigger. That would make me a moron. Morons pull triggers and fight. I explain why you shouldn't fight. It's easier and it makes life a dream. The dream, the heaven. We should be living in heaven here. Not fear. Where's the, you know, is it going to be cold? Is it going to be windy? Can I afford to go on holiday? Oh, I've got to get up there. You've got everything you want right now. Just chill. Have a spliff. Lay back, man. Lay back. Yes, my brother. Yes. So, Chris, we always finish on a quick fire round. Um, you can answer however you like. But if you'd like to answer short answers, you can. I'll, I'll do short answers if you don't mind, because sure. I think we have to go. Yeah, sure. Who's more articulate, Muhammad Ali, Tyson Fury or Chris Eubank? Muhammad Ali. What do you know that most people don't? What I know is as follows. 
I know how to make you remove the veil from your third eye. That's what I know. What's the biggest thing you've been wrong about in the last year? My bullet, my, <laughs> that's funny. My biological children. Move on. What have you been wrong about with your uh, biological uh, uh, You children? asked me the question, I gave you the answer. That's private. Move on. What's the most expensive thing you've ever bought? Well, let's see. The most expensive? Mm. Can I just go to most valuable? Sure. Yeah, yeah, cannabis. Cannabis has been the most valuable uh, uh, item that I've bought because it's herb and it's God's herb and it opens your mind to see. It's part of the way of actually removing the veil from your third eye. So if you listen to me, I'll tell you how to do it, but I shan't tell you yet. The room is too small. It is cosy. It is. So we're going to save that one for a bigger room. What's the best advice you ever remember receiving? If you don't ask, you don't get. But it's a trick. Yeah, it fools you to ask the wrong person. And the wrong person is the person in front of you. Ask who isn't, ask who's inside of you and then wait until it appears. Ask and you shall receive. Don't ask a man if you're a woman because he wants something in return for what he's giving you. So don't ask a man. If you ask a woman for something, you know, it's, uh, it's an infraction. Don't ask women for anything. You give them, and you want nothing back. Did I make clear what my point was? You said, if you don't ask, you don't get, which incidentally is my so, dad's advice yeah. to me. What, to, if you don't ask, you don't get? That's so the, you asked, do you? My, that was the advice my dad always gave to me. But I'm me. asking you, did, who did you ask? Did you ask people in front of you? Is that what you mean? Well, I was too scared to ask. That's why he gave me the advice. Okay, so who did you ask for things? Well, mostly no one because I was too scared. Okay, so you never asked anyone for anything? Mostly not. Okay, so what I'm asking you to do now is ask yourself. Mm. Ask yourself for what you want. Choose your position in uh, media. Choose your position. How big do you want to be? If you choose it and know that you're in that position now because the cameras are on, all you've got to do is tell them who you are and they'll believe you because you are. It's as simple as that. So, start calculating in your mind before this interview finishes who you are in the world, who you wanted to be when you were seven, eight years old. Who did you want to be? So you have the industry, so how big do you want to be? We'll get it for you now. All you've got to do is just answer my questions. They're simple. No words could be simpler. What did you want? What do you want to be? I want to be as useful and valuable around education of money and being the greatest person you can be to as many people as possible. I don't care for the views or being the greatest 
interviewer or media star, I want to be the most useful to people with better financial education and knowledge. To bin well, millions or billions of people. Well, as you've said that, it reminds me of my friend, Piers Morgan. Yeah. I told him he could be Prime Minister. He didn't believe me. He could have been Prime, he could have been prime Minister because... Pretty easy, had, pretty easy to get in at the moment. <laughs> even if it was hard, because it's the word of the king, the silent king. Because I actually believe in him. Because I saw how he was with the NHS. No one. No one. No one. There was no man or woman in the world, no celebrity, who could not obey the rules and not have his wrath voiced. He's brilliant. Oh, he's a little bit around the edges. That's okay. He has the goal to do it. And I'm hearing this interview, he'll probably try to work with, and I don't see why he shouldn't work with who's just come in. Because he spoke for something which was righteous. The NHS, that's the marshal service, that's the police service. So as much as he was going on, he was asking people to follow the law. That's my man. So he must be deputy prime minister now, once this goes out, because of his... Because if he's not, it won't make sense to me. He's strict. And he has balls. Kahunas. He's a warrior. Yeah, don't worry about the fact that he likes cricket. Doesn't make him soft. Okay, yeah, you're looking at me and you say, well, oh, he's a boxer, so it's, you, know, you can't compare. No, I love that he loves cricket. Cricket, cricket, love cricket. Lick the ball before I lick the wicket. Because I'm a Jamaican, we love cricket too. Okay, that's his game. He's rougher on the edges, but no rougher than, you know, one of those other fellows who were sitting in that seat. Yeah, he's got a strong voice. He's got, a, he's got courage. Courage to speak his truth, and he spoke his truth on the right subject, the NHS and the laws of the time of COVID. He's a superstar, period. I said so. Yes, I did. He's a superstar. And he should be working with me. Well, he actually is already working with me because he's my friend. I give him advice. He doesn't take it. It doesn't matter. He will. Just couldn't see what I saw. I'm his friend. In silence. Yeah. And behind the scenes, I'm powerful. Yeah, ask Shah. She knows. This is what I was supposed to actually blossom into. The king. <laughs> the king. The king. Chris, what's the worst advice you ever remember receiving? It's, it's the same one. If you don't ask, you don't get. It's the same one. You know, it's, 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 the, it's, it's tricky. It's a, it's a conundrum. You ask the person, the person's a person. Not, they want something back in return, you give. So the person wants a, a return. Fair exchange. It's a fair exchange, supposedly. When you're straight, it's gotta be straight. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta pick up your receipts. I went through years. Let me tell you how hard I learned. They used to put tickets on my truck. 
for years. I drove that truck as my car every day to the shop, to the movies, to the premieres. Do you know what I used to do? I used to actually get ticketed all the time and I used to pull them down and just leave them in the gutter. You know what I didn't know? A fine never goes away. It just builds up. And the more it builds up, the more money you've got to pay. But that's how brazen and free I was to climb the ladder. I can't park the truck in front of the Dorchester, in front of, uh, 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 you know, these restaurants. So I've got to, you know, I've got to park it there. So I've got to get tickets. I had hundreds of thousands of pounds in tickets over those six years, maybe more. Hundreds of thousands of pounds. And it didn't bother me a bit. And I was broke. Would you rather be the richest man in the world or the greatest fighter of all time? You didn't talk to me about me being broke while I was actually pumping, pumping. I was giving it large. You don't want to talk about that? Why were you broke, Chris? Because I didn't have time to learn the rules. And when you don't learn the rules, you get conned. You get robbed. Nothing personal, just business. Don't, don't hold it against a guy who's actually stolen your money. Don't complain about that. Did someone steal your money? <laughs> Everyone steals your money. When you don't keep your receipts. I think most people know if you don't pay your parking tickets, you're in the shit, don't they? Yes, but I didn't care because it was holding me back. I was a fireball. I was on fire. I don't, I don't have time for that. I'll deal with that. I've got to go. I've got to park my car here because this is where I am. And everyone has to know. Because if they don't know, then they don't know the king is in town. Right now, I've just got a van. Okay. Give me until... Give me no more than three hours. I will be in the class I deserve to be in, that I've earned, that I should be in. So everything that you do, I'm going to teach you to get paid for it. It's not the love of money, it's money. And it's the only way you can travel around the beautiful world that we live in. Now, are we finished? Can I, can I go? Because if I can, I can give you a poem before I leave. I've got three questions, the go quick ahead. fire ones, thank you. Um, what's your biggest failure, Chris? I met my third wife too late, but it wouldn't have mattered, everything is on time. Next. What's your biggest regret? My son asked me, Sebastian, when he, I don't know, it was about 1990, no, 19, sorry, eight, 2000 and, could it be 2012, 13, 2014, 15, 16, 2015? He said to me, Dad, we're in Marlebone. He said, Dad, let's go and smoke a spliff together and walk around the block. Let's walk around the block and smoke a spliff together. The greatest offer of my life I turned down because I was broke. I said, why, why are you coming up here? I only have this little place here. He said he wanted to sleep in the room with me because he was in London. I'm living in abject poverty. And I've given all the money to the then wife. 
take care of it then. And I thought she was taking care of it. And uh, anyway, long story short is that I pushed Sebastian out. I pushed him out. I said, no, I don't know. I don't have anything I can give you now. I'm struggling, man. I probably didn't tell him I was struggling because I got too much pride. I was like, no, you can't be here. And it got fiery. And something unspeakable happened. I did something unspeakable. So, so that's loss. There's nothing I love more than medical cannabis. What was the unspeakable thing you did? Not your business. How dare you? If, if you I don't, don't ask, I, you don't get. You should know. It's called discernment. I've brought you close enough for you to understand. Where were we? This show is called... No, where were we? I think you'd, I think you'd finished the last... Had I finished? Okay, carry on. Yeah. Why did you need to check with someone else? that we'd finished, why, why did you not take my word for it? Because I was sure I had actually said something that I wanted to carry on talking about. Be careful to question me, young man. I ask the questions when I want to, and I'm allowing you to, so please do. You're no teacher here, I am the teacher. Know your place, and I'll give you the best interview of your life. Please, carry on. This show is called Disruptors. What does disruptive mean to you? Disruptive innovation means something to me which is come in and make it cheaper, make it more equitable so everyone can get the wealth, so everyone can eat and be warm, so everyone can enjoy their time on earth. You need money to do that. Would you rather be the greatest fighter of all time or the richest person alive? I am the greatest fighter of all time. Under, under Mike Tyson. Under Muhammad Ali, under Joe Louis, and under Jack Johnson. I'm one of them. I'm a goat. <laughs> Would you like a sweetie? Smarties, a wonderful confectionery. Indeed. Please. How kind of you. Oh, my dear. My king. Thank you. Oh, wow. You're not teasing me, are you? You do have them. Oh, don't tell me you don't have them. We actually did have them in our previous location. So it means you don't have them. So you actually pulled a stunt of which you couldn't pull off. How, how, how wonderful it would have been if you passed me the smarties. <laughs> we had them. We had the bowl of them. Oh, my goodness. But you know why you didn't bring them? Because I don't use sugar anymore. I remember treats. Look them up. They came before M&Ms. And I was addicted to them. I lived on them. They were my strength. I no longer eat those things because they have sugar. Sugar is the forbidden fruit. Sugar is. Eat fruits, eat watermelon, eat mangoes, but not ones made of sugar, little sweeties, because it kills your productive, your, it kills your body. Sugar is like cyanide, period. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on The Disruptor Show. Chris Eubank. It is an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, myself. Thank you. Delighted. Delighted. Thank you.